Last Sunday, we commenced a new teaching series here at PRV called Why We Worship. And this morning, part two, is we're going to have some uh, of our own worship leaders here, Trent Jacobs and Gail Price-Davies, are going to come and share with us something of their experience as worship leaders and what it's like to facilitate a community of people coming into the presence of the living God. And I'm really looking forward to what they've got to say because I know it's going to bless you and it's going to also help us to understand their journey in helping us together connect with God. So this week, as um, Trent and and Gail come and share with us, uh, I really want you to listen in to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you with regard to your life of worship to King Jesus in this season. There's a real invitation and work of the Spirit right now, inviting people to strip back all of the complexity of experience and just again entering into the simplicity of a heart that is seeking to meet with the living God. And so I really pray this morning that as these guys share with you just the gold and the gems that they've learned along the way as worship leaders, it would bless your hearts and it would really refuel, refocus and help all of our hearts reconnect with Jesus. Thanks, Kirk. Appreciate that. So welcome, everybody. My name's Trent. And I'm Gail. And um, so Kirk has invited us to uh, speak about worship and our journeys in worship. Um, I th- we've just been speaking. Both of us have been at Pine Rivers Vineyard now for, I've been there for nearly 10 years. Gail, you're nearly 20. Uh, 21 years. And, yep. <laughs> and your journey of worship started long before that. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, Decades before that. Okay. So um, why don't you give us uh, an introduction into worship for you? What does worship mean to you? Um, Worship is really um, like a central core of my whole life, really. Um, I was was born and raised in um, a Christian, very musical family. My mum was choir, uh, choir director and music director of our church, the Baptist church we were going to at the time. Back in the 60s, I <laughs> know uh, that's quite a while ago, and I just thoroughly um, enjoyed and became very immersed in in the worship at the time, the, the glorious hymns that we sang, um, and then um, Mum also was a choir director, so I was in a children's choir and a youth choir all of that time. So um, and learned the piano along the way for many years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a very, uh, it was a really significant part of my life. Um, and even more so when I accepted Jesus when I was 10 years old. So, yeah, they were the early years. And um, when Pete and I got married, we, we um, were quite young when we got married. And uh, we went to hear Andre Crouch and the Disciples, a really wonderful uh, gospel band that was pretty big at the time. And we loved his music. And we loved his heart for worship. And I guess what struck me in that concert was that Andre and his band and his singers, it was not a performance. There were, mm. It was very much a worship experience, but very different to what I've experienced. I had experienced before that. Uh, it was very free. It was very um, abandoned. And uh, that just drew me in. So um, I think that started a very deep conversation in my heart about how worship could look other than the traditional style I had grown up with. So, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. And mm. um, that would have been sort of, just to sidetrack a question, the, the Keith Green time of, well, you know, him oh, being yes, a, yes. a piano worship leader, he yes. would have impacted you. Oh, very much. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah. Andre was a pianist as well. And, yeah, Keith Green, t- tremendous prophetic 
musician, singer, mm. Um, mm. communicator in his time, sadly lost him too, too soon. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And he was um, in the early days of, well, he was kind of part of the group that ultimately became that Vineyard Home Group. So exactly. he's got a Vineyard link in there as well. Very when much. did you join in with the Vineyard movement? Well, um, probably sometime in our 30s, Peter and I went to hear John Wimber. We had heard of this, the movement of the vineyard and we, and we had heard that John Wimber was coming to town and we, we wanted to go and hear him and, and, um, and experience what he brought. And again, that was a completely mind-blowing time. Um, in a different way though, it mm. was, the worship was so much more intimate and um, it, there was this prolonged worship that I hadn't been used to. Usually it was the three hymn sandwich, you know. <laughs> um, but really, the prolonged worship really brought into, you into the presence. Yeah. And, and the presence is such a pivotal thing. Our goal of our hearts is to bring Jesus and come into his presence um, to this day. So that was another real life-changing thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um I think particularly in the early days of the vineyard, there was an intimacy that was in worship as Absolutely. well. They, they were, we all know the story, they, they were singing songs that were to God and not necessarily just about God, Yes, you know, which was fantastic. But I, what I love, um, vineyard theology is not just about intimacy and, 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 and warfare and declaration and bringing the kingdom. There's a, um, there's a theology of, of suffering and lament in the middle of all of it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as, as, as a worship leader, um, I know you in particular have walked some, some of that journey. What, how have you found balancing that area of struggling in life and still focusing your eyes on God? What, is, what's, what was that journey like for you? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty big question. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go back one step from that. Um, when Peter and I first started coming to the vineyard and, and it, you know, we had come out of a season of burnout and um, a few things were um, pretty raw in us at the time. But I found that just sitting and, and soaking in the, in the healing ministry of worship um, was a very healing and renewing time for me here. And out of that, I did become involved in the worship and began leading worship here. And it was a great season of, of I don't know, it was a beautiful season of, of prosperity and God's goodness upon us as a family and, and just the growth that came, I don't know, out of all the members of our family at the time. And, and here in the worship, it, it, it kind of, it was growing and becoming, um, bigger and more wonderful. Mm. Um, so I was enjoying that kind of high season. And then as you say, there came another season and it struck really brutally um, in the um, diagnosis cancer of one of our grandchildren, our oldest granddaughter, Ulla. And um, she is my eldest daughter's uh, child and she came down with two very aggressive cancers, one after the other. Mm. And that was, that was just like struck at the heart of who we were. And, and in some ways it really caused us to, to look at God and, and you know, who we believed him to be. It really made us examine that mm. very deeply. And for me particularly, 
Um, so you're, uh, I just was swept out, out of worship for quite long periods of time because mm. I was helping to care for her in hospital and caring for the family. And there was a lot of fallout from that diagnosis. So it was really a big reversal for us. But in terms of my worship, it just became very personal. My worship became something I did at home. I would just sit at my piano and play worship songs that meant a lot to me and try and sing them. <laughs> but very often I wouldn't get past the first line without weeping. Mm. And when I think about um, the Psalms, how David worshipped, his worship was pretty real and raw. Mm. You know, you have, don't have to read too many Psalms to, to know his journey was one of all of the above, yeah. all the highs and all of the lows. Yeah. And um, I really link that. I'll probably read this next little bit because I've often, I've often wondered about that verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 13, verse 3. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, mm. the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And I've often, I don't know, that phrase has come to me many times over the years, probably more recently. And this is the commentary I read that I thought spoke very well to that. And this is it. When life is good and all seems to be as it should be, the praise seems to flow easily from our lips. But when life is hard and the longed for answers to desperate prayers don't come, when and how we thought they should, that's when it requires personal sacrifice. Mm. It takes an act of the will to lay our all on the altar before a God we don't understand. Real praise continues regardless of circumstances. It flows from a worshipping heart in good times and bad. The sacrifice of praise comes from a humble heart that has been purified by fire, the refining process. Mm. It rises from a spirit that has chosen to honour God in spite of the pain that life is causing. So that, that pretty much puts it in a nutshell for mm. me, that in all seasons, God is good. Mm. When life is not good, God is good. And he is worthy of our praise in all seasons. And I, I still cry when I sing worship, team, uh, worship songs with the team. I still find the keys get a little bit wet. But, you know, that's just God reminding me of his goodness, I think. Mm. And, and that's deep within me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's my journey of worship. Yeah, um, I must say, you know, just, just from the perspective of having watched all of that, um, I think the way that you and your family pressed into worshiping that time was, was very inspirational for, for a lot of us. And it was, it was interesting because there were times where, you know, I might have been on the mountain and having a, kind of a really good time and, uh, with God and you look out and there's other people that are in the valley at the same time. Um, but. And, and this is one of those tensions that you have, mm. particularly when you're leading worship. You're leading, yes. Because you look out and, and some people are celebrating who God is and mm. some people are just trying to hold on and keep their heads above water. Mm. But like you say, the, um, particularly when we're worshiping with truth, the truth is the truth. No matter where we are, no matter where um, the people around us are, it is what it is. And this is why singing and declaring worship is so important yes. because it's true for you and it's true for me. Yes. You're in the valley, I'm in the mountain. I'm in the valley, you're in the mountain. The truth is the truth. And this is why worship is so important because it reminds us of who God is. Mm. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, so that was that was a very interesting uh, ex experience to to watch. Um, mm. My my journey was very different. Um, uh, I, like you, also, I grew up knowing. I would say I grew up knowing a lot about God, not necessarily knowing God sort of intimately and personally. And definitely, the music uh, came first. Um, I remember, you know, as, as a young kid, having small moments of connection with God, but they were always kind of around music. I have this one <laughs> memory of, 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 I was, I think I must've been, I was, I was younger than 10 and um, we were singing a song and I, I must've been really enjoying myself singing as loud as I could because uh, the pastor kind of called me forward. This is back in the day when the pastor would stand in front and say, we are now going to sing hymn number 327 oh, and he would tunelessly lead us into it. But, um, uh, so he kind of called me to the front and made me stand next to him, which of course made me stop singing. But those kind of intimate moments of, of, of connection are the only ones that I can ever really remember having as a kid. And that kind of sort of continued up until um, I, went, I moved to Grahamstown to go to university there. And uh, church was something that you had to sit through to be part of the music. Because I loved to be in the middle of where music was being created. And, oh. Um, so I wanted to play the piano, but they had a piano. So uh, I lied to the pastor. I told him I could play drums so that I could be part of the team. And he said, great, you start on Sunday. So I had to quickly go away and learn how to play drums so that I could play. But, um, and, 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 I, and I did that, but I, I did it because I wanted to be part of the music. Um, and, and that was great. But it was still, it was really, it was all about the music. And um, then I moved to Cape Town and... Uh, Someone from my engineering class invited me to go to a young adult launch that they were having because him and his band were playing there. So of course I went along to that, oh, oh. which turned out to be a good thing because the lead singer's cousin's name's Karen. And I met her that night, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, and so after, and I enjoyed that. And then after that, they invited me to their home group. And, um, and I went there and I actually don't remember very much about this, um, this home group. There may have been a teaching, I'm not sure. But the one thing that I do remember is that we worshiped for hours, hours. Oh. It was a bunch of musicians in a room that were all members of the band and a few other people. Um, and we just worshiped for hours. And I remember looking around the room and looking at these people and thinking, they're like me, their language is music, but they were connecting to something that was different. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to be part of the music because I love to see the music being created they were creating the music to be part of something bigger than themselves and connecting with that yes and i remember looking at that and and i wouldn't say anything immediately changed but i looked at that and i thought i want that whatever it is that they're doing whatever it is that they're connecting to that's what i want um so that kind of started my my journey and i i pirated every delirious album i could find um there was there were other bands that i enjoyed as well but there was something about delirious you talk about David in the Psalms being real and connecting with God. I found that in the Delirious albums. Mm. Um, they, they would long for intimacy and press into intimacy. There's that one song, Oh, Lead Me. Um, uh, the lyrics are, Oh, lead me to the place where I can find you. Lead me to the place where you are. Lead me to the cross where we first met. Draw me to my knees so we can talk. Let me know you're here. Let me know, let me feel your breath. I, there was, there's this desire to be with God, but that would also um, allow for dry times and still put that into worship. That You know the song, mm -hmm. Find Me in the River? Um, it's, uh, the, the chorus goes, find me in the river, find me there, find me 
on my knees with my soul laid bare. Mm. Even though you're gone and I'm cracked and dry, mm. find me in the river. I'll be there waiting for you. Mm. And it's like through the realness and the genuineness of these songs, I would just play them as loudly as I possibly could. Mm. Um, I still believe that music should be played loudly, especially in cars. Um, <laughs> In my current car, I have a, the, the, the subwoofer is too big to fit behind the chair, so it takes up most of the floor in the back of my car. I still play it really loudly. Um, but what I realized was happening in listening to these delirious songs, and, and of course there was the, the vineyard, the holy album, Come Now's the Time to Worship, Hungry. What I realized was happening in listening to all of these songs is I have a real problem with my head. Uh, it trips me up all the time. Um, I... I doubt myself, I doubt God, I doubt my faith. In the middle of ministry, I'll be praying for someone, I've got all these walls that I need to get over because I'm thinking about things too much. And uh, I read scripture and I sort of, I, I doubt my understanding of God and I confuse myself and I trip myself up. But when it comes to worship, that doesn't happen. Mm. It's like it, God cuts through all of that stuff. Yeah. And it's because when I worship, it's not about me. It's all about Him. Mm. You know, um, I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to be someone. I don't have to do anything. Yes. Um, I don't have to be qualified to say, God, I love you. That's it. No one can disqualify for me from sharing the love that I have for God. Mm. Um, and so just that freedom of uh, being not tripped up by my head. That affects everything, every ministry that I have except mm. for worship. Mm. Um, and, and you know, for me, that got me into wanting to pursue a relationship with God. And for me, the way in is the way on. Yeah, um, like that. <clears throat> that connection that I found with, with God in worship is still what draws me into worship now, yes, yes. which is why it, it, it informs the way that I approach worship on Sundays. It informs the way that I worship at home. It informs the songs that I listen to. It informs the songs that I choose mm. on a Sunday because for me, worship is about finding God in the song yes. because that is how I first found God. Mm. And, um, and, and it's how I find God every Sunday. Mm. I look for Him in the song. I look I for Him that. in the words. I mm. look for Him. Mm. I look for Him in the people around us. Mm. Um, you know, I could, I could just be singing a song and I'll see someone in the congregation truly worshiping mm. and I'm gone. Mm. You know, that just breaks me. <laughs> can, I, can I just break in there? That yeah. was what, that's one of the things I'm missing in this season too, Trent. Oh, yeah. Is, is not just sitting amongst, you know, the family, the church family here, the congregation or, you know, being on stage and, and seeing them worship. Mm. Oh, I miss that so badly. Oh, you yes. know, I just miss the corporate worship that as we come together, which we can't do right now, um, you know, just the presence and the power of, of the Holy Spirit moving amongst us mm. and the, the people who, you know, prophesy, who'll call mm. out, you know, scriptures, who'll praise God and, mm. you know, some people will weep. And I just love all that manifestation of his presence with us corporately. So I do miss that right now. Oh, so much, so yep. much. And I'm yep. looking forward to being able to do it again soon. Amen. <laughs> um, but I think what, I, what, I, what we'd like to do now is um, pray for all of us, um, for God's presence in all of us. We've spoken about a few things. Maybe, um, you know, we can just pray into some of the things that we've, mm. we've, we've spoken about. Um, so we just want to invite you guys to um, join us in some prayer. And um, let's just invite the presence of the Lord to come. 
And so, Lord, I want to thank you for I want to thank you for my journey and how it made me who I am in you. I thank you for mm. Gail's journey, and I want to thank you for the journey that every person watching this has been on, Lord. Mm. I want to thank you that your presence is strong enough to cut through. Yes. Thank you that you are to be found in these places of worship. Mm. And Lord, I want to pray that as we go through the season of not being able to be close to each other, but we still have access to worship and to you, that you would be meeting with us in, in times of worship, Lord. Mm. I pray that you would be drawing us closer to you. Thank mm. you, Lord. Yes, Father, we, we just thank you for who you are and who you've shown yourself to be over many years for some, like me, um, and over other lifetime spans, Lord, you've just shown yourself to be so faithful. Mm. You are the faithful one. And Lord, you, you love to inhabit the praises of your people. And um, Lord, we just, we just desire more of your presence, even though we can't worship together as such, Lord, you, you, you will come to each of us as individuals with your Holy Spirit's presence and dwell with us in that. And Lord, yeah, we, we just thank you for the journey that worship has taken in our lives, Lord, the, the strong, unbreakable thread that worship is to, to us, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for the beautiful foundations that have been laid in this church, the particular DNA of worship in our vineyard here, Lord, that is precious to you, that you hold so precious. And Lord, we, we just come and we say thank you for that. And mm. we thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness, and for the songs that continue to come, Lord, songs of praise, songs of worship, and yes, songs of lament. They mm. do come and they're, 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 they're needful, they're right and they're appropriate because God, you're worthy of our praise in all seasons. Mm. And we, we thank you, Father, that you never leave us, you never forsake us. And we praise your name today mm. in Jesus' name. Amen.